Hello, and uh, welcome to another episode of Carpe's Corner. I know I've been gone for a little while. Um, been busy, uh, but I have a guest today, and my guest is uh, Danielle D'Souza. Uh, D'Souza Gill, I believe. So let me bring her on here, and here we go. Let me see. Here we go. Here you are. Yay! Yeah. Hi. <laughs> How is it going? It's going great. I love you that opening video. I just, <laughs> wow. I feel like I'm still in like a little sea of, of Carpe's Corner. I'll have to I'll have to send you the link to it so you can actually hear the song. It's my my friend Yellow Red Sparks, uh, who did the he did the music for the Hoaxed movie. Um, oh, cool. He he did the intro for me. That was really nice of him. But wow, uh, I love it. the you know the reason that I have you on today is that uh, I was just in Miami and your dad was there uh, showing off his new movie. Uh, Trump card. Trump card. Yep. A uh, little plug for Trump card, um, and. I found out that you had a book coming out and your book is, is called, uh, the choice, correct? Yes. And, the choice um, divided America. And, and you were in the movie too, by the way. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, the book that you have coming out? Yeah. So it's called the choice the abortion divided America. And in the book, I debunk the left's most common, most popular and most bizarre, pro-choice arguments. So everything we hear all the time from uh, if fetus is a cluster of cells, abortion empowers women, my body, my choice, to kind of more strange arguments like, um, you know, the child is better off dead. How would we pay for this child with the welfare state? What if the child is abused? Um, there's a lot of suffering that happens in this world. Why should we care about these people? Why not care about these other people? Uh, things like that. And, you know, I, I've talked to, I've talked a lot about abortion, at least just within my family and sort of, I have, I have a Facebook that's not public, you know, it's my private one that has all my high school friends and all that kind of stuff on it. And I'm surprised by how willing, even people that are sort of concert on the conservative side are willing to just sort of let things go like, oh, well, you know, I don't really like Trump, so I might vote. Uh, independent or whatever but you know what they're really doing is they're allowing democrats to continue the abortion stuff they're they're giving them a chance to uh put people on the supreme supreme court that will allow even more abortion to happen and crazier stuff but what is what is your what bothers you the most about the arguments that uh the left makes i guess if you were gonna you know say the the biggest one yeah um, probably the most frustrating one is that abortion empowers women, that it's a good thing, that it's a positive good. I think when they kind of peddle that narrative, it just goes beyond the whole, uh, you know, this is this should be safe, legal, and rare, or this is kind of a, a bad thing, but it's, you know, necessary in some circumstances. I think when they push the fact that it aligns with women's empowerment or that women have to have abortions in order to you know, be successful or be happy or any of those things, it's, that is probably the most frustrating and kind of seeing Michelle Williams when she accepted her Golden Globe Award and, you know, holding her award that. and how choice is what uh, kind of led her to be in the place she was in. I think that messaging is probably the most frustrating. Yeah, it's it's sort of sick to me too that, um, that, that you would, 
in all other cases, you wouldn't put uh, the life of a human being behind your career without getting in trouble for it, like in big trouble. And but the left makes that okay. They say, uh, well, you know, if you want to have a good career, then you're going to have to, you know, get rid of that baby. Or um, if you want to be successful, then you have to have a string of abortions throughout your life to take care of what is really just a choice. I mean, the choice is yours, right? Not, not the baby's choice or the choice to get rid of the baby. Um, Exactly. And And the choice you're making affects that person's body, um, you know, and their life, not your life. I'm sure that you, you address it in, in the book as well, but um, oftentimes it's always the, it's the what ifs that people bring up. They're like, well, what if, what if a woman is raped and doesn't want to have a baby and things like that? Now, how, how would you address that with, um, with someone that you're talking to? Yeah, I have a chapter kind of on, you know, the hard cases. What about rape? What about incest? What about those things? And I think it's important to remember that, you know, incest is about 0.01% of the time. Rape is about 1% of the time. Very, very rare. Um, but of course, you know, people on the other side bring that up, even though we're not at a place at a place in the country where they'd say, okay, you know, we should never allow abortion except for rape. Um, you know, if that was the case, I'd say, okay, let's dive in, you know, to that. But regardless, you know, right now it's a little bit of an intellectual exercise, but I think as far as, you know, what makes the most sense, it's like, it's just baffling to me that the left argues that the child should have the death penalty as opposed to the rapist. And I think when you look at a situation like that, you know, the child had absolutely no action in that, had absolutely nothing to do with it. It was the rapist that did that and the rapist should be punished uh, with harsher punishments. And ironically, the left is the one who usually defends the rapist. The left is the one who's against the death penalty most of the time for rapists and serial killers. And so I think we need to keep rapists off the street. They should get the death penalty. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, we don't choose how we come into this world. And um, the child, I think, also, as far as adoption, can be put into a closed adoption situation where the mother and the child, it's completely anonymous. And so she can go on with her life and and never um, have that child as kind of a reminder of that, because oftentimes they bring that up as, you know, the child is a reminder. But there doesn't have to be any kind of uh, connection there. And so I think there isn't enough conversation about adoption and also closed adoptions. So um, that's a, that's a good point. And um, my sister actually um, has adopted two children. Um, so and and I, I'll just say this that I don't think people realized how how many are out there that actually want to do adoption. And it's the system has been made really difficult, um, way more difficult than it needs to be to actually adopt children. And there's a lot of things that number one, it costs a lot of money. Like it, it costs, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to just to get it done. And then, um, you know, there, there's other things where it's just, it's hard to adopt because oftentimes, you know, parents will give up certain rights, but then they can be let right back in by little loopholes and things like that. And so, um, you know, I haven't heard a lot of cases of it recently, but I know that it happens. But uh, I remember decades ago, a couple decades ago, that there was a, a really big case of, you know, someone wanting their child back after 
10 years or something like that. And then it being this big court battle of trying to rip them away from the parent, only parents they knew. But I mean, that's a horror story compared to the 99.999% of adoptions that go perfectly well. But right. And I think um, too, it's kind of look ahead. at a situation like that. It's like, okay, you know, it's one thing to have people say, we're going to fight over this child. We have two parties that really love the child, two people who really want to take care of this child. It's like, you know, of course, that's that's not the ideal if, if you went through an adoption. But again, you know, killing the child and saying, you know, this child's better off dead, things like that. It's very clear that, no, it isn't better off dead. And actually, there are people who would want to take care of it. And that is kind of, you know. Um, a benign problem to have in that sense where at least the child is very much wanted. I, I can't, I cannot imagine a situation in which uh, you could make a real argument for someone being better off never existing. I mean, like, I think that just brings to the forefront, like uh, how sick of a society we live in where you can make that, make that <laughs> people will make that argument like with a straight face. They're not, it's, it's not a, a laughing matter or anything. They're just like, you know, they're better. Do you want them to grow up poor? Well, I think growing up poor is better than, than not growing up. Um, right. Exactly. I did want to ask you, uh, this has happened before with abortion or, uh, you know, pro-life, uh, people. Did you have any trouble with, you know, promoting your book, things like that, like on social media. I know that the, what was it, Unplanned, um, had their Facebook pages taken down like numerous times, their Twitter accounts were banned and unbanned. Uh, did yeah. you run into any of that? I did a little bit. So I did this one video on how, um, you know, what is happening when a woman is pregnant? How do we know there's a human in the womb? And I basically was talking about how a lot of my friends, um, because I'm in my 20s, will post on social media, you know, here's my ultrasound and things like that. And people will like the, like the video or the photo and comment on it and say things like, Oh, congratulations. And family of three, mm -hmm. you know, baby girl, baby boy. So it's just so obvious that everyone knows exactly what's happening in the situation. When you step outside of the abortion debate and only in the abortion debate, do people fall into the trap of, Oh my gosh, I'm so baffled on, you know, what pregnancy is what's happening in there, you know, what's coming out of the womb, that whole situation. And so I was kind of trying to show how absurd that is in the video, but I noticed that almost everyone said that they couldn't see it. So like people would tweet it out and it would have one like or something. Like right. it was really weird how no one was seeing it. Um, and people would ask me like, oh, I can see that you tweeted this, but then like, it's just like black and there's no video. So I've had that happen with videos before. Um, I'm not sure kind of how ex how extensive it is. I know they have these like blacklists and stuff. Someone messaged me saying I'm on some Planned Parenthood blacklist or something. Um, I don't know. Oh boy. So <laughs> I don't know. And then I just I, realized I wouldn't want to be on that one. I I don't want to be anywhere near those crazy people with, on some sort of a list. Yeah, I mean, I know they they put out this statement or something on how you know women for Trump are kind of like a walking you know, uh, they're self-haters and all this stuff because women have to be pro-abortion. And I think um, Elle Magazine wrote an article about it. And so I saw that, but other than that, I, I don't know if they're, you know, coming after us or what the situation is, but I just forward onward. What's on the other side of that though? Like um, in order to be, to be a Democrat, you have to be pro-abortion. Um, you know, 
when they did the the women's march, they wouldn't allow uh, pro-abortion groups to join. Like they they took away their their womanhood and said you're you're not a real woman unless you believe in abortion and wouldn't let them march um, march on Washington. So how can how can they 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 do that and flip it around and be like, well, you know, I know that there are probably Republicans out there that don't care about the abortion issue. And so maybe they're pro-life, maybe they're not. I think actually I think Dave Rubin is 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 on the opposite side of the abortion debate. Um but you know, he's not required to believe everything that everyone believes to be a part of it, but on the left we do have a complete lack of diversity at least through uh, you know, mental diversity and, and thought diversity. Um, and I, so I want to go back to what you just said, though. Um, the point about everyone on social media or everyone in the world, basically, um, understands exactly what's going on. And that's absolutely true. Uh, there, is, there is no point in time where someone says to their friends, um, congratulations on your clump of cells you know (laughs) that's that that's not something that happens and no one is confused about um what is happening with their friend who is pregnant they're they're not confused about it but when you do get into that debate with somebody then suddenly it's a well we're not sure or um nobody knows and but, but there's photographic and video evidence of and ultrasounds i mean you can hear the heartbeat and all those things. So I, th- I think that's a really smart debate. And I think it's something that we should have more often. Uh, I think, yeah. and I'm going to let you talk here in just a minute. I, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think we ha- should have that debate more often and stop allowing people to put us in the position where we have to pretend like they're stupid. Because I think we do that with a hundred other issues. But you, you go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I agree. I think it's it's obvious. And even if you like talk to children, you know, like they know to like, right? Okay, there's like a person in here. There's kicking happening. All this stuff. And um, so I think it's just it's just so obvious what's happening in the womb. And even with viability getting so much earlier, babies can basically spend the entire third trimester out of the womb. So the fact that we have third trimester. You know, late-term abortions, the fact that that is still going on and pushed by the Democrats, it's just shameless. And um, I think it's really sad that a lot of Republicans don't um, unite on this issue, at least regarding late-term abortion. I mean, most Americans, according to polling, are against late-term abortion, are against federal funding for abortion, even if you're a Democrat. So the the messaging that these like pro-abortion Democrats are pushing really doesn't align with the American people at all. And I think Republicans shouldn't be so afraid of the life issue because it really is a winning issue. Like President Trump, I remember a few days ago, he tweeted out a bunch of issues. He was like, vote 2A, vote pro-life, vote this, vote that, in like a whole slew of tweets. And the pro-life one was like one of like the top ones that people liked and retweeted. So it's like, this is a winning issue. But even if it wasn't a winning issue, it's just a matter of facts and the science and what's right and what's wrong. And killing is, I think, bad. We should all agree, killing is bad. Um, I, I think it's in. I think that's in the Bible somewhere. I'm not. I'm not sure. I think it was high up on the list of things not to do. But yeah, um, most people would say killing innocent 
babies bad not good unless you're yeah. impaired, i guess what, what do you think of or what do you even think of the this like shout your abortion a thing that oh the gosh. left is like that that's sort of there are a few things that make me sort of sick to my stomach and number one is uh anything having to do with abortion like videos or any of that stuff that stuff makes me sick or seeing people shouting out their abortions that's another one that just sort of turns my stomach like how do you how do you get to that point yeah yeah i wrote about that in the book of um, this woman um, named amelia bonow basically founded shout your abortion uh you know oprah shared her stuff it's, it was on oprah's website it's just shocking to me the fact that they actually think that is a positive message you know, it's one thing to say, okay, I talked to this woman, she's just stuck. And so we're going to try to, you know, how can we get through this? And obviously I would say, okay, let's find a way to go the adoption route and all of that. But, you know, the fact that they say, you know, let's celebrate abortion, shout abortion. I've explored their website. They have all kinds of t-shirts, all kinds of fingers, even like there's this one called, you know, God loves abortion. And it's like pointing to the sky. They do like little halos and stuff like over, you know, babies and it's just really sick actually to see the kind of imagery and the wording that they use to basically make it out like they're the people who are of faith they're the people who actually are on god's side when they're actually just manipulating you know imagery and wording and children to advocate for abortion that's that's really disturbing so they, they have god loves abortion and little halos over aborted yeah. Yes, exactly. And it even reminds me, too, of kind of what Kamala Harris was saying in the debate with Mike Pence. You know, Mike Pence was saying, I'm pro-life. I don't apologize for it. And right. she starts talking about how her and Biden are people of faith. He's Catholic and all of this. And it's like, you know, you can debate him on the pro-life issue, but don't try to use faith as a way to say that, you know, abortion's OK or here's kind of a shield we can hide behind in order to kill people. Yeah, I, that has always bugged me how how you can um, how you can justify being you know pro-abortion um, and have some sort of faith structure around you like um, and I, I know we, we talked about before you know there's the there's that that argument of oh but you know the the point oh one percent that of people and all this stuff but like I don't know how you can I don't know how you can open up your Bible and then go and just completely ignore like one of the most important parts. But uh all really I, relies on kind of this ideology that they have, which is basically that like sex is God and sex is kind of the end all be all and anything right. that we need to justify in order to have casual sex all the time to them is like you have to constantly defend it. It doesn't matter what the cost is. Well, and you know, we're that that uh, takes us another place that you know society is going to to where like you can't you can't even watch kids shows without them like sexualizing things and and turning uh, you know having adult humor in a place where it it does not belong. Um, now I can understand having a joke that only an adult would get, but adding sexual humor or anything like that to, uh, or just, you know, pornography. Like there's, there's just in mainstream TV now. Like I, I don't even watch any of this stuff anymore, but like I've, 
I flipped through the channels and you're guaranteed to, to land on something in prime time on any of the major networks that's going to uh, something that would not be allowed, let's say, in the 1990s. And right. it's disgusting too. even like that Netflix's cuties situation. It's like right. using that as kind of this tantalizing poster or whatever, all this stuff. And the message of the film wasn't even like, here's how we can stop this. Um, so I think that too, it's like, you can't even hide behind like, oh, we had to show this because we're actually doing this for a cause. It's like, no, they weren't. And I think when people, you know, sexualize children and disrespect them in, in life, it's like, well, we don't respect life in the womb. So why should people respect life outside the womb? Why should they, um, when we devalue human life to the level that we have in this country? Um, I, I wanted to transition a little bit. Um, social media how, what has your experience been as far as um have you i we talked about the uh, the videos that you posted that they they would net, then uh turn them into just black screens that didn't have anything on it um were you also getting them labeled as like um inappropriate content because i i I've, I've seen times where if you try to share uh you know an in euro video or something like that they will claim that that is a uh, some sort of objectionable uh, objectionable content but you can live stream and uh do all of the <laughs> cardi b can go and talk about the most disgusting things you've ever heard of on a live stream and it's it's perfectly fine um, right yeah i think that was actually what did it for that video because i did show um part of like the suction going towards the womb with right. the baby trying to get away from that. So they obviously, you know, they don't hate, they don't like that content. They hate it. So uh, they, they won't even let you see that stuff. Even when you can obviously see, you know, girls exposing themselves and things like that. So it's disgusting. Right. Um, I did, I did want to ask you, are you, are you doing a, a tour? Are you doing like a, a book tour signing and all that kind of stuff? Or are you uh, doing more of a soft launch? Well, um, yeah, maybe the in-between, I guess. Uh, mostly virtual stuff just because um, right. of the times right now. But I did go to uh, Georgia and Michigan, so that was really fun. And I did one um, in Texas, so that was great too. Um, so I do actually really like doing in-person stuff just because I think it really does – kind of create that human connection and get people to actually like talk about things. But, but I love doing virtual too. So anything and do, do you, uh, do you do any speaking and things like that? I mean, you, you seem very well-spoken and in the movie you were, uh, you were very well-spoken. Have you mm-hmm. spoken on campus and things like that before? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what you need to say. Yeah. I've done all lengths, you know, at faith and freedom, I did like five minutes. And then when I spoke in Michigan at, uh, a church, I did like 45 minutes. Um, I think in San Antonio, I did 30 minutes. So I kind of just alter it based on kind of what they want in the situation, what the time is. And I actually really like Q&A the most because I think that's the most fun and the discussion's the most fun. Um, yeah. I suppose to UVA this week, but they have this new rule where you can only have five people in a room. So <laughs> either it's going to be on Zoom uh, or it's going to be next semester. I don't know what, what we're going to do. So Depending on that, obviously it totally depends on what state people are living in with what what the mandates are. But Virginia, you know, their governor is Ralph Northam, who's totally off his rocker. So 
Uh, yeah, he's the he's the comfortable guy, right? Just keep yeah, him comfortable. Keep him comfortable, and then a discussion will ensue. Right. That's his words. Um, blackface man. What? Where? Where is the worst? Is New York the worst uh, as far as abortion? Um, you know, like late-term abortion are they the worst or is is there another place in uh, the they're US? Technically the worst there are seven states that allow uh, the nine-month abortion with no medical reason so dilating going into labor your baby is literally a you know chubby ball of like right. literal you know arms legs the whole everything and they have to kill it by you know inserting its brain or head with digoxin to poison it and it does not die instantly usually takes about an hour sometimes a day um, if they use saline it burns its entire skin and it suffers for a day and they do not use any kind of anesthesia on the infant and the infant can feel pain without question so uh, then after that it's really just a matter of how do they remove it and it's it's a hard baby in the sense that you can't use a suction you have to use forceps right. and tear it limb from limb it's just that's just disgusting uh, there's there's no other there's no other way to say that and um and do you do you find that people are unwilling to have that conversation with you like if you're having a a conversation with someone who is uh pro abortion are they unwilling to have that type of a discussion with you or are they just oh willing gosh. to just pass it off literally people on the pro abortion pro choice side they will not debate people on our side because they immediately look like killers because they are killers they're advocating for killing and it's like they just can't even put their arguments up against ours basically for someone to believe in the pro-choice pro-abortion advocate they have to kind of pull you into a vacuum so that you are kind of you know agreeing with their presuppositions of you know it's a cluster of cells and all this stuff so as soon as you start looking at science as soon as you start actually looking at what abortion is they're they're losing their argument is over so no there really isn't a ton of conversation between both sides but i think the reason i wanted to make it in my book so that i start with the pro-abortion arguments i start with the pro-choice arguments is because there never is any debate in real life right. um like actually exchanging the ideas like actually saying like okay let's dive into back alley abortions let's look at the numbers let's dive into like all of these kind of quibbles all these points and um so I think you kind of have to do it in a, in a book format because they just won't actually do it um, in like an hour long debate or something. Yeah. Now, oftentimes pro-choice and, you know, I actually I don't like saying pro-choice. I like to say pro-abortion just because choice sounds like it's some sort of good thing that they're giving you. Like, oh, now you have a choice. But um, oftentimes they will talk about um, how that you know, Planned Parenthood and uh, all these things are providing valuable health care to, to women. Um, and I've done just the very basic research on all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, Google research, uh, which is the most important type of research, really. Um, and you can, you can find out right away that um, Planned Parenthood, they would not exist without the abortions. Like they could not cover their costs of, of operating costs without them. And they, they don't actually provide very many services at all. You know, they talk, I, who was it that, uh, talked about, um, uh, breast cancer screenings and mammograms and they don't even provide, they don't even have 
the ability to do those. They can give referrals, but you can also walk into a doctor's office and say, I need a mammogram. So how did, how did we get to this point where you can just make up these arguments and then never, ever have to back them up and, and then also call yourself like the party of science where um, there's actually no science going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have a whole chapter on Planned Parenthood. It's one of my longest because there's literally so much to debunk and they have so many lies. And the first one I go into is that 3% lie, you know, um, abortion is only 3% of our services. And in reality, mm -hmm. you know, if you look at it, like Washington Post you know, gave it multiple Pinocchios and you can see that basically they count every abortion um, this, as like the same procedure, a surgical procedure. They'll count as one procedure uh, equal to giving someone a pregnancy test, giving someone an STD test, you know, giving someone a condom, giving someone a birth control pill. So basically already, if they do all those things for one person, they've diluted it to like this abortion procedure was actually only like one seventh of what this person received um, right. because we gave them all this other random stuff. So even according to their numbers, they perform hundreds of thousands of abortions per year. They're the largest abortion provider in the country. So there's no like illusion that, oh, they're actually, you know, curing women of cancer. And like you said, they don't provide mammograms. So this idea that if Planned Parenthood is gone, women won't receive health care is completely wrong because there are some states that have one or sometimes no Planned Parenthood locations. And the women in those states obviously get their health care <laughs> other ways. So they're all you, like you concentrated. Mean they they can they can still get it they can still get health care <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like if you look at the women in new york and california where there are a bunch of planned parenthoods it's like okay they're not you know getting cancer less often than the women in kansas so right. to act like this is about these other you know uh, health services it's that's just not true well i think uh, so you're talking about the services and everything and i've i've tried to explain this to people um i i had this one really 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 long facebook fight a long time ago about this and uh you know they were trying to tell me about how that you know it's just this tiny percentage of what they do and then i, I compared it so i compared it to and i don't know if this is a good analogy or not but i compared it to like mcdonald's saying that they don't they don't actually sell hamburgers they they mostly they most 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 of the services they do is napkins and and straws and they give boxes they have boxes and things like that and and so you can't you can't blame um, McDonald's for selling fatty burgers that that make people look like me um, because because most of what we do is give out things that have no fat in them at all. It's you know cardboard and plastic and stuff like that, and that that wouldn't make sense to anyone in the entire world if you made that argument. But the the abortion people will be like, oh no, that's that's right, that's that's the that's the right way to think about it. Right, and even if you look at you know how President Trump held them accountable for Title Ten, he was like, hey, if you want, you can separate your other services that you're doing so much of from your abortion services and Planned Parenthood said no. They couldn't come they couldn't unmingle them. They had to keep them commingled because abortion is literally key. That's what they do in basically all of their locations. So right. they don't have a location to go to just for something like cancer. So abortion is key to everything that they do. Well I also 
I also looked into the finances of it, and I was surprised to see just how... I mean, they're pretty open about... I mean, it's all public record, so they're pretty open about like how they split up their money and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, someone was trying to tell me that none of the money that comes from the government goes into the abortions, right? Um, well, most of their money is made from abortions, and they wouldn't be able to to have a building without them. So, like, you can pretend like the the money doesn't go there. But it's all going into the same building, and the building would fall apart without the abortion part of it. The, exactly. the government, yeah, the government wouldn't be able to keep it alive. But exactly, um, and I think we could easily fund, you know, actual women's health centers or you know men's health centers. You know, we could actually you know fund health care of some you know specific aspect or if we talk about family planning that would actually be adoption as we mentioned which requires right. a lot of planning so um imagine if you could that. take that money and you could subsidize abortion uh, or not abortion you could subsidize uh, adoption and make it so that the families that want to adopt don't actually have to spend you know, 50,000 of their own dollars to adopt a child. Um, I think, I think that I don't, I don't remember what the exact amount was for, uh, their yearly, um, their yearly amount, but I, th I think it would go a long way <laughs> to getting, to getting some good things to go on there. And also, um, as you said, family planning and imagine investing that money into a community that has a problem with like, um, uh, you know, minors having kids or, you know, out of wedlock births, things like that, um, that drive those abortion numbers up. Uh, imagine what you could do with that, that money. Uh, and I, I think we could probably say that about a lot of, th a lot of things. Imagine what we could do with the money from here and put it into something good instead of what we're doing. But exactly. And even to think about the fact that, you know, these people who are adopting, it's like, not only are they paying thousands of dollars, they're, sometimes it takes a year. It takes a long time to even adopt. There are about 35 families, you know, waiting for every child available to adopt. So basically, if you're the birth mom, you can pick kind of whoever you want to adopt right. it. Um, basically, look, and you get to decide. So this idea that, like, these people who are adopting, I mean, even now with Amy Coney Barrett, they're, like, demonizing her for having yeah. adopted two children. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they're currently yelling at her right now. Um, I haven't watched today, but I watched a bit yesterday. And um, they are really, really stuck on this idea of um, continuing Roe v. Wade and continuing continuing the murder, basically. I, I, the, I keep going back to this because it's just so unbelievable. The amount of bloodlust that the left has for this issue is... Um, I, I hope I hope it really I, I hope that's the last straw and people will um, finally wake up to just just how bad all of this stuff is is that uh, that you would have a party that bases its entire platform it there's no other issue that you can disagree like you can disagree on lots of issues with the the Democrat platform but there's no other issue that you have to say, yes, I'm for abortion. Otherwise, you just basically don't get to be part of the party. 
Exactly. They've kicked the curb anyone who was, you know, a moderate Democrat who would say something like, okay, maybe after the heartbeat or maybe after viability, we can't have abortion anymore. No, no, no. Those Democrats are long, long, long mm -hmm. gone. Not one of them is left, you know, running for president or any of those things. And the left now, I mean, if you really think about what do they care about the most, it's not taxes. It's not, you know, helping the poor or any of those things. It's abortion. Abortion is what they're willing to fight for and die for, basically. Um, right. And they are, I mean, they're going to pull out all the stops on uh, Amy Coney Barrett this week. I think the Handmaid's Tale people already showed up. So I, I don't know. I think that's that's their strategy. I, I'm sure that was super effective. And I'm sure everyone changed their mind after seeing the Handmaid's Tale people show up. It was so silly, too, because... Amy Coney Barrett was wearing a mask at one point, like covered, and then they were wearing them like down here. And it was mm -hmm. just kind of like, okay, are you guys going to now be against masks because Amy <laughs> Coney Barrett is wearing a mask? So now you right. have to do that. Yeah, she should do, she should do this, pull it down, and then put once they do it, and then put it back up and just. <sighs> it's, it's the, the world we live in is so insane. Uh, you know, we can't, we can't have we can't talk about medicine. We can't talk about anything without it turning into this. Uh, well, I'm banning this medicine in my state because, uh, because Trump took this medicine or like uh, he liked this thing. So I'm banning that, or he didn't like this. So I like this. Um, I, I just wonder if, if Trump could just get out there and just start taking these insane positions so that, they would have to take the opposite position until we get them to just do what we want, do what we we want. You know, Trump goes yeah. out there. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna lead a riot today. I'm gonna lead a riot today, and then everybody's like, "No, we hate riots. We're done with riots. Riots were last week." Yeah, it's like double speak. It's like anything you say. It's like actually, it's the opposite. That's basically how to understand. Yeah, flip flopping. It's like literally, Trump has been against war the things that they came to say they were against when Bush was president, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't matter what he does. They're no. against Trump. They hate Trump. So, and that's, that's what all of this really comes down to is it's just, it's just Trump hatred. That's that defines the last four years. It, we haven't moved in any, any real direction other than just whatever Trump is doing that the, the other side is bad. Yeah. The, they the other side is good. Dedicated their last four years to trying to take him down, not trying to make the country better or even put forth any policies they want. They basically just want to waste Trump's time and make it so that all his energy is put into, you know, fighting off these crazy radical leftists. Right. Well, I've, I've got a, I, I think we're about at our time here and I've, I've got a, my, my family's coming home from their, their little walk. So, um, cool. But I, I want to thank you for coming on, um, and and your book is uh, The Choice, and where can people get it, and when can people get it? It's available now. Okay. It came out uh, less than a week ago, so it's brand new. It is bright pink, so you won't miss it when you see it. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we have to take back that from Planned Parenthood, who right. has to act for women. So, uh, yeah, it's called The Choice, The Abortion Divide in America. It's available on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Audible, if you like to listen to books, uh, ebook if you like electronic. So, all the places. And then uh, where can we follow you? I, I know that we, we've talked on, on uh, Instagram, but you also have Twitter and Facebook as well. 
Yeah, I'm Danielle D'Souza Gill on all the platforms. So if you type that in on any of your favorite social media platforms, you should be able to find me. And I'm on Parler also. Um, yeah, we have to be on the places where they're not <laughs> being crazy right. leftists. So definitely, yeah. yes, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but you know, also Parler too. Well, again, thank you very much for, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And, um, and I'm, I'm going to close out the show. So thank you. Well, thanks for having me. This was awesome. I had fun. I, I had fun too. Thanks for coming. <laughs> All right. So that, that, that was, that was, a, that was another show. That was, uh, we, we got it done. I, I know I was gone for a little while and, um, now I'm back. I, I hopefully I will have a show for you next week. And uh, thank you guys for watching.